Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. We're so very glad you all could join us live today. And we are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we have a special treat today because Nathan and his friend Monroe are visiting us from Southern California. And they demonstrated flying in before our snowstorm. <laughs> and they're going to leave after the snowstorm's over. We have a very beautiful scenery outside our window today. Several inches of beautiful white snow. So we're very happy to have them here. And um, we welcome you all as well. And we will start today with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 187 of Miscellany. May the divine light of Christian science that lighted every enlightened thought illumine your faith and understanding, exclude all darkness or doubt, and signal the perfect path wherein to walk, the perfect principle whereby to demonstrate the perfect man and the perfect law of God. In the words of St. Paul, now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. And St. John says, For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. May the grace and love of God be and abide with you all. Beautiful, thank you. And we do have, Jeremy's been collecting these prayers of Florence's and putting them on our website, right? Under Mrs. Eddy, at least some of them. At least some of them. All of them are on the roundtable pages for the associated week. Yeah, if you want to look them up. Thank you, Florence. All right, our watching point. <clears throat> Watch number 399. Watch that you seek to love others rather than to seek to have others love you. When you seek to have others love you, you are clinging to earth. When you seek to love others without regard for whether that love is returned, you are on the high road to heaven. Mrs. Eddy once said, In human love you seek someone to love. In divine love, you seek to love. <clears throat> At another time, she said, in human love, you expect something for yourself. In divine love, you expect something for all. Thank you. <clears throat> That's beautiful. Thank you. Any comments on that? Well, that kind of says it all, doesn't it? Points out the difference between so-called human love and true divine love. Because human love, as we grow in science, we learn that human love is not really love. I mean, you know, divine love gets expressed, expressed humanly as kindness and affection and things like that. But as soon as it turns human, it ceases to be love. And it can turn to hate. And, and we're going to work on getting a, a deeper sense of what it is to have the divine love. And one of the attributes of it is, yes, that you just love. You don't seek to be loved. You just love. It is this feeling that comes over you of God's love. You know God loves you, and therefore you love others. And Mrs. Eddy said in Science and Health, even though it meet no return, you just love. And it, there's something so freeing about that. It's not, well, I'll do this and love you if you're going to do this and love me back. It's all, all that is done with. You just love Somewhere, Mrs. Eddy has said, an uh, indication that you have that divine love is 
if you were to love your neighbor's children as much as you love your own. Now, I know when I first heard that, um, I thought, well, that's pretty tall order. But as I, I've grown in science, I, I, it I know I, I end up, you know, I just want to go around the world and adopt children. Everybody I see, you just have this love for them. And she does, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't help it. Because every child is a child of God, and you love every child. Sometimes your own children might not be that great. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> well, not, I say that tongue-in-cheek. But anyway, it's just the idea of the, the love, that just all-encompassing love that you feel. Now, um, Susan, you spoke a little bit about this watching point on the forum. She's here, right? Yes. Do you want to say anything? Um, well, the watching point really helped me because um, if we, if our mood depends on what's going on with other people or in the world, it can easily change. But if we start with our completion in God, that's not dependent on what anyone else says or does, then we can give from that place. Thank you. That's wonderful. It sure because is. Yes. It, it shows the importance, doesn't it? of working yeah. for yourself first thing in the morning. See yourself correctly. In other words, get yourself in the right mind. See yourself as God's beloved child, as the image and likeness of Almighty God. And feel his love. And don't stop working at it until you feel it. Because you have, to, you have to start your day feeling so deeply in your heart that God loves you, that nothing will be impossible to you, that God has for you to do that day. And with, love, with that love in your heart, you won't be able to help but to love others. Whatever we are led to do is to bless to bless all, to glorify God, of course, and to bless all. So, and I, I also love the fact that, the spiritual fact, that our thinking is so important. And as you say, you know, how, how am I thinking of others? You know, is, am I seeing them correctly, like Christ Jesus did? This is how he healed, by seeing man correctly everywhere no matter what where the it came how it looks the outside looks he saw man correctly and that healed so that was the greatest love he could love anyone yes yeah and he, he he would be aware of what might not be right but he didn't attach it to that person he saw it as impersonal animal magnetism if you attach it to a person then you become a old gossip, <laughs> just talking about other people and just seeing the air in other people, and a lot of good that does. If you see something that's not right, you have a responsibility to correct it first in your own thought, and if need be, to go to that person and talk to that person. But you just don't accept, oh, well, that person is this or that or the next thing. You love enough to heal it, not to just sit on the error and talk about it to other people. And where does it get healed, as Florence just said? In your own consciousness. Yeah, yeah. thinking. Yeah, it gets healed in your own consciousness. Because that's where, that's where your reality is. And Bickling Young, I like what he, he said. We don't, we don't have to like the behavior, but we must love. Yes. In That's fact, right. sometimes we can hate the behavior. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we never like bad behavior, but we've got to love. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can do that is to separate it from the person and, and see it as not their thinking. 
And the best way to do that is to see it in your own self. It's not your thinking. You can't do it to yourself. You can't. It's hard to do it for others. But when you get negative thoughts and error and other things start swarming around and you see it as not your thinking, impersonalize it, then you're free to handle it and get rid of it and be the child that God made you. And if you're ever not feeling the love of God, what is one of the main ways to get where you do? Gratitude. Gratitude. Just start being grateful for every good thing you've got. And we've all got good things to be grateful for. <laughs> Take the list out and see. Take <laughs> the list yeah. out. Yeah. And, and, and then you associate it with God. Yes, people do kind and good things, and it's always good to be grateful to them for hearing God's voice and doing them. But you take it to God. This is why in that um, article, Day, by Mrs. Eddy that Gary ended, we ended the meeting last week with, Mrs. Eddy says, this is very, very important you hear this. I tell you the truth when I say there is only one source of good, God. The conscious recognition and acceptance of this fact Acknowledged by every activity of the mind, not two or three times a day, but every few moments all day long. No matter what the outer self is doing, and this maintained will enable anyone to express his perfect freedom and dominion over all things human. This is huge. You understand this is huge. It is, it's going to enable you to demonstrate over all things human. Because as you go about your day, no matter what your outer self is doing, you are acknowledging God is the only source of good. And you are being grateful for it. So you cement yourself with him. And then just as we talked about a few minutes ago, then you see error as not man either it's animal magnetism but this is the impersonalization of it and people get hung up i was thinking this week our our subject is love by the way mm -hmm. I, I was thinking this week that the big bugaboo and mrs eddie says this the thing that trips us all up is personal sense when you get personal about an error in yourself or in others suddenly you become afraid depressed, negative, it just brings the whole kit and caboodle. So stop yourself and, and know God is the only source of all good. And he's always there. It's yours if you acknowledge it and see it. And, and then whatever's not right is animal magnetism that you can do away with. Um, this idea of being impersonal about good is so important. And I've been praying. There were some things in precepts that I wanted to share. I have four volumes. They're all marked up. But this morning, I turned to what I wanted. And only God could have done that. Oh, my. And this is about human goodness. Human goodness, <clears throat> not divine. There have been students who have almost there have been students who have almost permitted a human sense of goodness to rob them of their metaphysics because they have carried benevolence and charity to such an extreme. The Christianity that emanates from an active demonstration of Christian science is legitimate and proper. But where human goodness becomes one's goal and is not the spontaneous expression of his demonstration, it is deceptive. Goodness, that is the manifestation of spiritual growth, is right and necessary. Human goodness, that is not the result of demonstration, is but part of the deception of the human mind. It is tying apples on, a, on a, one's tree instead of growing them. Individuals highly esteemed Oh, individuals full of good works and alms deeds 
have always been highly esteemed by their fellow man. It requires spiritual growth, however, to discern whether one's human goodness is the result of his increasing spirituality or the effort on the part of the human mind to cover up the lack of it. Mrs. Eddy kept within the bounds as far as human goodness was concerned. She never gave the impression that it was the goal in science. She knew that when human goodness is overdone, it proves that the human mind has crept into one's understanding, creating a phase of error that is more deceptive and subtle than downright sin. This deception is what Mrs. Eddy had reference to when she had a notice printed in the Sentinel for November 12, 1904. Quote, good deeds overdone numerically are bad deeds are, and, are, and are remedied by reading the manual. <clears throat> End quote. When one finds himself expressing the carnal mind in its self-evidently unpleasant phases, the phenomena is definite and plain. One is manifesting the wrong mind and he knows it. But the charity and goodness that the purified human mind is able to express is deceptive in the extreme. <clears throat> as deceptive as human health that many students congratulate themselves upon a health which is merely the expression of belief of the absence of a sense of sickness. They offer such health on the altar as if it were scientific demonstration when it is not, since it does not rise above human sense. The true sense of health rises above the human level which is merely exchanging one belief for another into that atmosphere of soul where impartation of divine mind floods into being and governs it. One great value of the record of our leader's good deeds is that they furnish the proof to students that her humanity was the expression of her divinity. To her, it was as essential for one to demonstrate one's benevolence and goodness as it was to demonstrate over his badness. <laughs> Only in this way may one avoid overdoing good deeds numerically. <laughs> now, mm. I hope you can absorb and see what it's being said here. People can run around doing good deeds. They can run around giving to charity. And, and maybe that's a step better than not, maybe. But until it, is, it becomes where you are led and, and guided by God to do whatever it is you do, it is still human. It can also cause harm. Have you ever had someone try to help you and you didn't want the help? Or mm -hmm. it, it can make a mess of things. Or you can, you can, what, cast pearls before swine. And we see this extending into our politics. I, I have told the story here. We had a wonderful hospital in Plainfield. And, and it met its demise because it took many, too many charity cases. It can't afford it. We couldn't afford it. it it's like if you have a strong swimmer out in the ocean and you get 10 people piling on top of them. Well, everybody sinks. Love must be accompanied by wisdom and by divine divinity, divine goodness, not human. And, and the sometimes can be the aggravating thing about it is the people that are humanly good are also what? Humanly bad. Well, yeah, yes, but they're also very self-righteous. <laughs> they, will, they will tell you about how good they are and all the good they're doing and what's the matter with you that you're not. And they will make sure that you know the good that they're doing. Which is why in this article it was read that one of the big dangers of human goodness is people can use it to cover up a lack of divine yes. goodness. Yeah. 
they can use it to cover up a lack of spiritual growth. And, and I knew this to be true because this is what I would do. I would run around and try to be so humanly good. And I figured if I did that, no one would notice that I really felt so inadequate inside. And 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 I ended up making everyone upset. <laughs> it was unbelievable. For all the good I was trying to do, everybody was always freaking mad at me. <laughs> it was very discouraging. <laughs> and it, it took me a while to get this point and to calm down. Jeremy. Oh, I, I just was thinking about how these the appearance of good works can really turn people off, too. When that stuff is brought into the picture, people can see that it's not sincere. And it, I don't know, I just remember that as a kid. And I was able to discern the difference between people, you know, being like that and then whether Christianity was good to a certain point, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Sure. Sure. I think that part that goes with the, the doing good is it's important. I mean, if it's just doing good for what reason? Is it God-led? Uh, I feel, you know, as, as we mentioned before, have I prayed about this? Is this what God wants me to do? And with what thought have I given with uh, the thinking? Again, I think it's so important. No, you're so right. Motive is everything. And that's really what this is all about. What is your motive for doing anything? Are you being sent by God? Or are you humanly willing something to try to look good? And boy, you sure get in, in a heap of trouble when you do that. And so does so does the government. So does everything. Yeah. Heap of trouble. Because it's godless. Ultimately, it is godless. And this is a very important point in Christian science. And yet, I was never taught this. Never. Never till I came here and got these books, which we were actually, they were going to sue us for trying to publish these books. So we can't sell them, but... You can get them from Ann Beals and I probably David Keaston um, because Carpenter explains it. And yes, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. it it's not what you do, but why you do it. Mm. Is God leading you to do it? That, um, you know, I loved it in the lesson this week. I spoke about it at the membership meeting, but uh, love for God and man is the true incentive in both healing and teaching. Love inspires that means to communicate divine instructions to the mind. Love will communicate his or her, her his divine instructions to you. To your mind, so you'll know what to do. It also infuses new life in you. Illumines. It will enlighten. It will throw on or spread light on to make right and light. To cause to understand. That's what love does designates to make known to point out what love does and then to lead to guide by the hand as lead a little child to go first all those things are inspired love inspired and when you're under that sense of god you will feel that way too whatever you do will be inspired you'll get on the right flight you will, your lesson will be alive with, if you're writing a lesson, with, with God and goodness. Your proofing will be perfect because God is doing all those things. Love is doing all those things for you. Your conversations with people around you will bring out the best in them. It'll uplift them. Thank you. Just be able to do things you never were capable of before. Yes, you will. You will. And you will have a sense of peace. You won't have this sense of, well, like I did when I was running around doing doing good. You know, mit <laughs> humanly good. Mrs. Eddy says that Catholicism is brotherly love. Romanism is the Pope's intent. 
there are many, many good Catholics, right? They do a lot of good. I cannot deny that. And some of it is probably really very good. But as a Christian scientist, I mean, when I see a Christian scientist, and that's their idea of Christian science, I call them a Catholic because that's what they are. And if they're saying, um, you know, their prayers in the morning, they might as well be saying their rosary beads. Christian science lifts you higher than that to a spiritual sense of everything and your oneness with the Father. And that gets you out of this human sense. Now, I'm going to read this is also from Precepts. Well, it, it, it will get you out of this human sense if you allow it to. Yeah, and it, it, uh, it takes work, and, and you've got to, you know, really desire it more than all else, and you can't, it can't be humanly done. As you see, I was trying to be humanly good, I was trying to be a good person, and it was just a big mess. All right. Good intentions minus wisdom equals evil. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Okay. To think of Mrs. Eddy as doing good because it was inherent in inherent human instinct was not the right conception of her. In Christian science, students should not express unselfishness and share with others just because they believe they have loving natures of themselves, but because they are governed by God. You see the difference? And one is self-glorification. I'm good and I'm going to share and I'm a good person. I'm going to feel good tonight because I did all this good stuff. <laughs> and the other is God is inspiring, illuminating, designating, and leading the way. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, Father, work at him, he doeth the work. Yes. So much was already out there. Yes. Had to be understood. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So in the end, it's what is right by God. What is right by God alone. That's it. And that's true even if what you do gets spit on, right? I mean, look at the chosen with what Jesus was doing. I mean, he, he wasn't accepted. He was going around doing good, but... The letter killeth. The letter killeth. Right, but it was a rebuke to some people who were so self-righteous in their human do-goodiness that they couldn't stand it. For me, the, the key, and it was in the watch last night, is the... In, my incentive you know what is my intent and what is my incentive is it is my incentive to do something is it is it is it love and then how do i get that incentive which shardell shared with us last night is to pray and ask how can you know god how can i be of help today how can i radiate today and that that little switch that if i ask what's my incentive today god that that i can now instead of you know being in self loving i can be in the div divinity of loving because i connected yes yeah. that's that's all the difference yes and you'll you'll feel that peace when you do connect it'll feel right and even if even if it's met with you know like we talked about earlier even if people don't love you back for it doesn't matter you did what God told you to do, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if everyone else was pleased with you. Who cares? Ultimately, it doesn't matter. And it will work out wonderfully in the end. It will work out in the end. It will. Because what will happen is you will attract to you people who need what you have to offer and who will appreciate what you have to offer. People who aren't ready for it will fall away, naturally fall away. And that's okay. There will be a time and a place when they will be ready. It's not but that us. loving act could be like just one chip away at their bonds, you know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, and it, it will. You you will know that it's it's the right thing, and, and it won't be because you're you're flashy about it, or maybe no one will ever know about it. That's fine too, whatever. But um. So this goes on. To be sure, they should always act in a way that will call forth human con commendation and regard, but they should do it wholly as Mrs. Eddy did. She made a law for herself that she could not help being kind 
because she was governed by a kind God. Christian science does not merely engender the development of human virtues. It requires one to reflect God. See, this is the fruit of the spirit. This isn't tying the apples onto the tree. This is letting the tree bring forth the apples. Mrs. Eddy claimed no self-derived virtue. She did not express love from a human motivation of unselfishness and kindness, but from the basis of obedience to God. She did what he told her to do. So when he told her to be stern, she had to be stern, no matter how much she might have wished to be otherwise. In her famous class of 1898, she was asked if scientists ought to reprove error in others or if the realization of love would destroy it without an audible rebuke. Now, that is always what I've longed for, but... Okay, she answered, One of the hardest things I have had to do was to deal with this very question. I would rather at any time dwell on love alone and get away from error, but that would not do. It would allow error to increase. Jesus rebuked sharply, and I must do so until I arrive at that place in mind where I cannot see error, where God's spirit is all in all. If we would be followers of Mrs. Eddy, we must follow her in all her ways. We must be guided by God to know when to commend, when to rebuke, when to speak forcefully, or when to give the soft answer that turneth away wrath. Now, this is part of be having that connection with God as well. You will feel you absolutely have to rebuke error. It is obnoxious to you. You don't see it as the person, but you see it as something very obnoxious. And for you not to rebuke it or just to hold it on that person and say, well, that's just the way they are, that, that is not Christian science. It is not love. And it, it is not love. It is hatred. It is hatred of that person. No in between. No in between. So this this sense of love, because you know in the recapitulation, the definition of man, we are told we are the image of love. That always comforted me because I thought, oh my gosh, how can I <laughs> can I do anything, frankly? Well, and I can't. No one can. And it's good to get to that point where you know you cannot do anything. And it's on it's it's in our rule for motives and acts, isn't it? It's right in the manual. Yep. In science, divine love alone governs man. And a Christian scientist reflects the sweet amenities of love in doing what? Rebuking sin. Rebuking sin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In true brotherliness, charity, and forgiveness. So it's right there. The first one. Rebuking sin. And again, the reason I go over this a lot is because this has been a big lacking thing in Christian science. It was what I lacked. I must be loving. I had to be loving. Yes, run around and do the good deeds. All of this stuff. I had no sense of this human good, human bad, and and any of that. I had no idea about any of it. I was just humanly trying to be a good Christian scientist, and it failed miserably. Because it is impossible. Because it is impossible. It is. And this is what we can just get down on our knees to Mrs. Eddy for this truth. No one. Who else teaches this? Who else? I don't know of anybody. Do you? There's so much resistance that they don't even want precepts out there. <laughs> I know. Even even the organization. They teach the opposite. They're teaching you constantly to try to be humanly good. So, no, it's nowhere else. Especially in New Age. Especially in New Age, yes, which people run to because it's it makes us feel good. I'll make my little... Because it's so much easier. Yeah, I'll make my vision board and hope for the best. <laughs> so... Your best friends are the ones that really are honest to you. Exactly. They most certainly are. And and when you're in that divine sense, you just you can't help it. But you will know. You treat people differently. There's some people that need a big whop, and there are others. You can just raise one eyebrow. 
It just all depends on, on God speaking through you as to what is needed. And that you must obey. And if you don't, then then you're not doing your duty to God, to your leader, and to mankind. A, now, big, a big thing for me was coming to Christian science was being open to being rebuked, being open to being corrected. Um, and then talking to, you know, God about that, um, cause I was so self self willed and didn't want to be corrected, but I had to, um, allow myself to be corrected by the, by the truth. Otherwise I couldn't change. Thank you. That's a big one. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah. Really? For everyone. Yeah. Yeah. None of us wants to be rebuked. <laughs> no, you do not. No. I sure as heck didn't. Oh, my gosh. I... It's a very unpleasant experience. But it's very necessary. So you can't, you can't get around it. Sometimes you can't break that hold without it on your own because you don't even see it as clearly. It right. almost needs to be kicked out of you. Well, and, and it's, it's in true. the Bible, too, isn't it? You know, it, it, the Bible talks about, you know, what, what kind of a father would never chastise his son, right? Uncaring father. Uncaring father. Yeah. But when you're chastised by God, count it as a blessing. And that's the attitude that you've learned to take, and that's why you're here. Hard attitude. <laughs> Took a while. It does. We've all it had to learn. Humility. To Doesn't it feel good? When I happened to me, I felt so much more at peace. Yeah. You know, to let that happen. Yeah. And and Mrs. Eddy says in prose works about how the sheep have to come under the rod. A lot of it, you know, why the uh, organization tried to hide a lot of Mrs. Eddy's writings because they thought she she's not being loving. Well, well, she was being loving in these corrections, and that's what um, Carpenter brings out. And and what tremendous lessons we lose by hiding, hiding yeah, hiding the lessons. Everything she did was rich in meaning for us. <laughs> and how ridiculous that. Their answer to her not being loving is to excommunicate everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's true, too. That's a little ironic, isn't it? <laughs> you know, oh I, one thing I've been thinking lately is how, you know, in the in the human mind and human love, it's always always against you, no matter how how like how good you try to be, and divine love and the divine mind is always on your side and even if you mess up it, it like helps you through it so how how wonderful is that how wonderful is that exactly amen yep um and what did you write on that you wrote about the responsive reading jeremy yes oh <laughs> uh, yes yeah, god could god be for us who can be against us and I just, I don't know if I just was sort of like happening through the week, like who can be against us? <laughs> and I was thinking about, you know, people ignorant of Christian science, people too proud to want to, you know, be calibrated, I guess. Uh, those mesmerized by false systems. And then those who have been turned away from Christian science by a parent or teacher who was weird or personal. And that's, that is what happened to me. Just that weirdness <clears throat> really... I, I, I thought in myself I was 100% against Christian science <laughs> for the longest time until I met people from this church who showed me, no, that weirdness is a separate thing. It's not, <laughs> not inherent in Christian science. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's very wonderful to, to see that difference. And, and then almost ironic to be here now. So. <laughs> Well, and you know when I read this too, you can be against your own self. If you're if you're ignorant, if you haven't taken the time to even read the textbook, if you're ignorant to what Mrs. Eddy is saying, or if you're proud, it's just what um, Nathan was talking about. And, and honestly, I've almost learned it's very hard to see who's going to come through and who isn't. 
but a good gauge is the ability to take rebukes and change, to do that humbly. If you can't do that, I'm telling you, you're just on the way out. And that's, we talked about the good seed last week. So some people, they just can't take a rebuke. You've got to, I don't know, we, we used to tell our Mrs. Evans would say we have to go home and beat ourselves. <laughs> well, just get ourselves into a humble state. Maybe I'm not so perfect. Maybe I could do things better. Even if you just start that way, I could do a little better. Maybe I'll see if there's some truth to what was said. Then you can pull yourself out of the hole. Or, anyway. or maybe this mistake that I made that, that looks really bad wasn't really part of me and I don't have to be so embarrassed about it. Well, that's the ultimate way. Well, it's not. Yeah. So I screwed up. Well, you know, am I going to, am I going to mope around and be embarrassed and try to hide it? Or am I going to get it out in the open and learn what I can from it and grow? And that, that, that shows you've really learned the lesson when you can do that. You really, you have impersonalized that era and know it's not you. You don't have to be embarrassed by it. You just get out. It's just one of those things. Then you've got it. But if you think it is you, that's when you're, oh, my feelings are hurt. And, and you know, and I you know, I didn't really do it. You didn't know what I did. I got to explain myself. And then on and on and on. Mm -hmm. on. Self-justification, um, self -justification, self-love. <laughs> yeah, there it is. All there. So. Get rid of all that, separate it from you, it wasn't part of you, then you make progress. And then the other false systems, I mean, there are people here that come with all kinds of false systems here, and even the new age or whatever, and they're quite determined to hold on to it. That can be your your enemy, your, what is resisting, what's against God within yourself. And, you know, if you've been taught weirdly, well... <laughs> You got to give that up too. Get over it. Get, get over it. Yeah, we've all been taught things that are not good or right, and we got to get over it. So, okay. And um, Karen, I wanted you to read that um, quote that you found. I know it's one that Florence has given us from Footprints Fatal. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't care what mortal sense has done. I don't care how it has beat me and worked me and insulted me, wronged me and lied to me and tortured me. It is all past and it is a dream. I have found love at last. I can lie down in the Father's arms and be at peace. I love God supremely. Mortal sense has done its worst. I have passed through the Red Sea and under the rod and been nailed to the cross, and still I am God's own child, hid with Christ in his arms, safe in green pastures. I love that when I was first directed to that. I just, wow, <laughs> that was yeah. so, um, so humbling, and so, it's just, <laughs> yeah, that was a very important Yes, when I read that for the first time. You see, when Just, you've been tied uh, by the fire, you see what's left of you. Yeah. And that, that's a wonderful thing, as difficult as all that is. And dear, dear Mrs. Eddy, did you want to say something about that, Florence? I think I saw that in the, was it the Red Book? I, something similar. Yes, it was yes, the Red Book. It is in the Red Book. Yeah. At page 80 or something. 80. No, I mm -hmm. love it. I mean, what else, you know, what else can happen to me? What else can come? What else? Right. And if you survive all that, then yeah. it's the gold. It's, it's the dross has been purified and the gold is left. And I know one thing Mrs. Evans used to say, and I kind of wondered about it, but she said her greatest growth came through persecution. That's what Mrs. Eddie's just said, isn't it? And what does is, what is Christ yeah. say in the Beatitude? Blessed or what? Those who revile you and persecute you. Revile. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. Persecute. 
it's easy to be, you know, good when everything's all happy and pappy. But um, when you're you're under the gun like that, are you still going to love? Are you still going to um, bend? Are you going to focus? <laughs> are you going to set your face like a flint and not be taken off? You want to know why there's so few people in Plainfield? That's partly why. It's not easy when it comes down, crashing, physically, emotionally, in every way. So that's what we talked about last week. That's when you hang on to one stitch of truth that you have, and you just hang on until the light comes back on brightly. And it will. It should always will. It always will. And, th- and this is the thing. If you are sincere about learning this science, if you're really sincere about it, you're going to be tested. The tests are going to come. Because the false beliefs that seem to govern the rest of the world <laughs> are not going to be happy about your learning the true science. It's just, it's not going to be happy. So you're going to be tested. So get used to it. And, oh, really? Really, it's not, you know, Mrs. Eddie said, it's not a path of roses. But if if your love for the science is genuine, you will meet the tests. You'll go through them. You'll pass them, and you'll come out better and stronger and with a greater understanding of what this science really is, what it's all about. And you'll come out with a greater love for the science, and you'll also come out with a greater love for mankind and a desire to be a light in this world. It'll all be growth, if you're willing to suffer the, you know, suffer the, the persecution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they can't, they, in reality, they can't really harm you. They, they it's also, it means that you've taken it, the focus off of yourself. It's, it's, you're just doing, like it says, just loving, doing for mankind. So... And God with you all the time, so makes it bearable. Yes, and, and so much has been has happened before us, so that thankfully a lot of this we're not having to meet to the degree it was when Mrs. Eddie was here. Even with the law case and Mrs. Evans, which she had to face, we passed through very troubled waters and come through it. And and I do believe, generally speaking, that the whole human race thought is elevated. It's much higher than it used to be, even though we hear all these horrible things because the news likes to put on horrible things. But generally speaking, people are people are good people. I see good people everywhere I go doing the good things. That's what we see. And, and look at our standard of living has certainly improved incredibly since Christian science. That's the thing to look out for because that's what puts you to sleep. But anyway... There has been growth, and we should expect growth, and we should expect to bring in the millennium. I have had, the, you know, everyone who wrote on the forum, there were beautiful things written on the forum, um, and Carrie sent me beautiful articles, but I there, I could go on today for three hours, but um, I can't. So. <laughs> I, w- I would like to mention something that I love very much has been on the carousel is that the little brown duck shingibis <laughs> story. And um, anyone want to tell it briefly? Carol? Yeah. Um, no. no. <laughs> Sorry. No, this little charty? No? Well, I'm sure you must all know it. This little, little duck that didn't give yeah. up, that no matter what, but I don't remember the whole story. I do remember that not to give up. Well, the north wind was blowing at him terribly, and and then, and, and he just kept his description of him was he was brave and cheery, 
He made his little fire. He got his little food, no matter how much the wind blew at him. And the the story that he told was, um, North wind, north wind, fierce and featured. You are still my fellow creature. Blow your worst. You can't freeze me. I fear you not. So I am free. Say that to yourself when you feel the north wind blowing. And that point, you are still my fellow creature. You see, he wasn't going to put the north wind outside of God's love or God's creation. And because he did that, the, the north wind ended up destroying himself. Oh, it's a beautiful story. And you all should read it and know it. It was one of Mrs. Evans' favorite. It came from the book house. And the person who wrote the book house, the stories in the book house, was a Christian scientist. And all the stories had beautiful morals to them that helped everyone become a better person. All right, well, I've still got many things to do, but we're going to end on Mrs. Eddy. This is Mrs. Eddy's uh, article entitled, All Love Does, from the Brown Book. (laughs) Mary Baker Eddy's Lessons of the Seventh Day. Quote, I walk the earth in the atmosphere of love, which holds me in spiritual gravitation, The love that I reflect repels every error of mortal mind. For love is the only law, and love is all activity. Love fills all channels and expels all error. Love purifies, inspires, protects, and satisfies. Love contains, love maintains, love sustains, Love does liberate, unbind, unseal, and deliver. Not can hinder love. Love does supply with perfect freedom. Love does furnish, provide, adorn with great liberty. Love does glow, warm, shine, light with its rays of glory. Love does illumine irradiate, beam with resplendent brilliancy. Love is the only and all of spiritual attainment in spiritual growth. Without it, healing is not done and cannot be, either morally or physically. Every advanced step will show you this until victory is won and you possess no other consciousness but love divine. Enter. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.